hello, and welcome to the second-to-last episode of Season 1 of DFT's Dungeon. My name is Daniel Terry, and I don't normally do intros for these solo episodes, but uh, the subject matter for this episode kind of sprung up on me out of nowhere. And so I didn't sit down and write a complicated script talking about you know, my childhood growing up and all of that. But we are going to get to some of that on this episode. I received some really disheartening news yesterday. So this is really fresh. I I had an entire episode of the podcast already sort of scripted out and ready to go. But I ended up shelving it for next season. So sorry about that. But um, I received news yesterday that Jason David Frank who you may know as the original green Power Ranger in the TV show Power Rangers, uh, has passed away. And it was one of those things where, like, we, we kind of live in a world where, you know, our childhood heroes eventually have to pass away. We get older. But with him, it was a particularly tragic thing, and I don't know all of the details, but I know that he was only 49 years old. And growing up, this guy was straight up my hero. Like, he was the guy that I would always kind of look to as at least his character on TV. And I think that's the biggest thing about this is that, you know, his TV character is the only person that I would say that I know, right? Like you, like a podcast, if you listen to somebody talk for hundreds of hours, you start feeling like you know them. You know who they are, you know what their motivations are, you know everything about them. And that's kind of the hard thing about being a fan of television characters is you never really know what somebody's going through and what they're dealing with. But the thing about Jason David Frank was that he was an actor who sort of embodied the character that he played. He was always upbeat. He was always positive. He was always looking for positive things to say. And, uh, the, you know, the guy was just really, really, really excited or seemingly excited about everything that he did. So I wanted to take this episode and talk about Power Rangers and talk about the soundtracks. I know this is a music podcast, but uh, the music was also a very integral part of Power Rangers. And so I just kind of want to explore that a little bit. Like I said, guys, this is not going to be a super heavily edited uh, production uh, like a lot of my episodes tend to be, this is just kind of my thoughts and my memories of Power Rangers. So let's get into it. So when I was a little kid, the first thing I got into was Ninja Turtles. I loved Ninja Turtles. I loved watching the cartoon. I loved the fighting. But if you go back and you listen to some of my older episodes, you know that a portion of my childhood was kind of interrupted by my family switching to an ultra-conservative Christian church that we attended until I was like, you know, maybe 10. I don't I don't actually remember when we stopped going specifically, but I know it wasn't too long before I started in middle school. And I got really into I got really really into Ninja Turtles and I loved all of their I loved, you know, that they're fighting and the pizza, the goofiness, but the problem is is that we got rid of our TV uh, whenever we started 
going to that church. So I kind of never really had any kind of idea what was going on with the turtles. It was just a thing that I was into for a while. And eventually, though, I noticed going to school that my friends at school, or at least the kids that I talked to, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, but a lot of the kids that I was that I would listen to or talk to were talking about Power Rangers, this, this new show, and every single week, or really every morning, because I think it was actually on five days a week, whenever it came out. And I remember every morning they would ask, like, who's the villain on Power Rangers? Who's the bad guy on Power Rangers? You know, who did they fight? And then they started talking about the green Power Ranger, and they started talking about all this stuff. Well, eventually, we did start, we did get a TV, and I started watching Power Rangers. Uh, And my parents were not really too thrilled about it because, in their words, the show was violent. You know, there's too much violence in this show. They were not a big fan of Ron Wasserman's, you know, metal hard rock soundtrack for the show, which, I mean, the the Go Go Power Rangers theme song is probably one of the most iconic theme songs out there, and it's the simplest thing in the world. But what I loved about it is it was a hard rock metal soundtrack. And, you know, for conservative parents in the 90s, it's like, okay, hard rock metal plus kids dressing up in costumes and fighting monsters there's there's probably something like satanic about this so they would point things out with the show like you know you notice that they uh they power their megazord with crystals right and and metamorphosis is not a natural thing it's not from god and there was a lot of like martial arts uh, karate terminology kind of thrown out during the show talking a lot about like concentration and meditation and my parents just didn't like any of that. Like the church that we went to was very, all the power that we have comes from God and no other power, you know, exists elsewhere. And they were really, really worried about a power that they said didn't exist, but were still afraid that I was going to influence me in a bad way. So for whatever reason, I was able to kind of keep watching Power Rangers I remember what struck me about the show, though, was how positive it was. Like, despite my parents saying it was, like, evil or bad or whatever, if you go back and watch Power Rangers, especially in the 90s, it is literally one of the most corny, positive, all of the kids do the right thing in every situation. And, you know, they're always doing things like, you know, bake sales at school and they're doing fundraisers and they're doing community cleanup projects and things like that. And it was funny that now whenever I watched it, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. These kids had absolutely like no bad bone in their body. It totally makes sense why Zordon picked them to be Power Rangers. And, you know, then they become fighters and they, you know, they pilot these, these giant robots and they kill bad guys with the robots. I mean, they never explicitly said kill, but you know, when a giant robot slashes you in half with a sword, you know, more than likely, the implication is that 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 it died. But they were monsters, right? And they fought these little like clay creatures or putty creatures called putty patrollers. And uh, the show was cool, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. If if all that rambling means anything. I thought the show was really cool, and as a kid, it didn't seem like what it actually was, which was dude in rubber suit fights another dude in a rubber suit in a cardboard city, right? Uh, 
it, but it's the same reason why I grew to love Godzilla movies later on in life because there's just something really unique about that visual style, and uh, it's nostalgic for me. But whenever they introduce the character of Tommy Oliver into the show, the Green Power Ranger, he had a very interesting backstory because in the show, he is just a kid that's attending the high school with the other Power Rangers. And the very first time you see him on screen, he goes toe-to-toe with Jason, the Red Power Ranger, in like a karate competition. And uh, you're like, oh, wow, who is the, this guy? He's, he's very interesting. And uh, the bad guy in the show thought the same thing, so she put a, a spell on him, and she turned him into the green Power Ranger. But he was like an evil Power Ranger. And then over the course of five episodes, he completely decimates the Power Ranger team. He jumps into their Megazord. He attacks. He's got his own giant, like, Godzilla-looking Megazord of his own that he controls with a flute. He was just awesome. He was easily as good of a fighter as anybody else. And, of course, I think he was only supposed to be kind of a one-off character, you know, like a villain of the week sort of thing. But, I mean, there's an entire five-part saga. I even have a VHS tape called The Green Ranger Saga where you can sort of watch that. And at the end of it, spoilers... Uh, He does eventually have the spell broken, and he joins the Power Ranger team for the side of good, right? So he becomes a goody two-shoes just like everybody else. But what I thought was interesting about him is they they played around a lot with his character in that he almost provided support for the team. Every time they needed to crank the amp up to 11, they would call in Tommy, the Green Ranger. And he just, he had his own, his own fighting style his voice was very iconic and he was always just so ready to jump in and help out the team oh no we've got another problem it's dragon sword in battle mode it can only be an imposter let me take him on Zordon. but you will be all alone against them tommy give me this chance i can handle him very well then and let the power protect you. All right. It's morphin' time! And I think growing up as a kid that kind of was weird and a little bit isolated from my peers, like, socially, he really was a shining beacon for me as far as, like, how should I approach situations? What can I do to be more helpful to other people? What can I do that would make my actions more meaningful? You know, like, I'm a kid, right, so I can't just, like, you know, get in a dragon sword and fight evil because, you know, that that's not the type of evil that exists in our world. But when you apply it to real life, Tommy always had this very never-give-up attitude. No matter what, even when the chips were down. You know, he was one of the first Power Rangers that would go out and fight evil, even if he didn't have any of his Power Ranger powers. <laughs> you know, he, he would fight bad guys, like, hand-to-hand, like... By himself, no powers, no weapons, no zords, nothing. And he would refuse to give up, even faced with the most overwhelming odds. And in a way, he kind of functioned as a role model. I think that was what was so attractive about him. As somebody that was supposed to be a one-off character, eventually became the character on the show that you were there to watch it for. It's not that the other Power Rangers weren't cool. I, I like the other Power Rangers as well, but there was something about Tommy that made him the reason I was the most engaged in the show. 
And I think the producers of the show realized that as well, that he became massively popular with the fan base. So they couldn't just get rid of him, even though they had run out of, I guess, Green Ranger stock footage, you know. Because in case you didn't know, I'm sure anybody that tuned into this because it's a Power Rangers thing uh, probably knows that the show was actually a, a Japanese show called Super Sentai that ran in Japan for a number of years. And the way they did Power Rangers is they filmed the American actors doing their own uh, plot lines and stunts or whatever. And then whenever the Power Rangers would morph and they'd bring out their giant robots, then it would cut to the Japanese footage. And so... I think the Green Ranger character in the original Japanese show was relatively limited. And so in order to make the plot lines made sense with the footage that they had, they had to sort of be selective on how they put Tommy in with the team. And it was actually really genius because when you don't see the guy that you're there to see all the time, you're going to keep watching to see if he shows up. Some of those old Power Rangers seasons are agonizing to watch just because they're very repetitive. The The plot lines are repetitive. It's very, you know, the teenagers are doing something. The bad guy sees it. The bad guy sends a monster. The teenagers fight the putty patrollers. They morph into Power Rangers, and they fight in a giant robot in the city, and they eventually take it down. All of it was recycled stock footage. Didn't notice it when I was a kid. Didn't care at all. But you would stick through those repetitive episodes in order to see the overarching story, which was you had this Green Ranger who was losing his powers because his powers originally came you know, from evil, so they eventually faded out. They ran out. And then there were a few episodes where you know, you didn't have Tommy on the team and he more or less left the show. And I remember being really bummed out because he was my favorite character, hands down. Just his attitude, his, his never-give-up attitude, it just didn't jive well with me that he would just leave, you know, and, and not help, you know, like you find out that there's this major threat to the world and, oh, I lost my powers, you know. And again, I know this is all behind the scenes stuff, but it was really smart that in the middle of season two, well, they just went and found more stock footage of a different Power Ranger that they had, you know, uh, that they had a lot of footage of. And they just threw Tommy in again, and he was the White Ranger. It was a big reveal. It was this giant multi-parter episode. And what's funny about that multi-parter episode is that I remember really they, they were sort of building up, like, who is this new Power Ranger? Who is this new Power Ranger? The Power Rangers are getting decimated by Lord Zed's evil forces. I could do a whole podcast episode on Lord Zed. I, I won't, though. I'll, I'll try to keep most of my episodes about music, but uh, this, th this one in particular just really um, – that villain was incredible. He's he's literally the most metal villain you've ever seen in your life. He's has no skin. He, he's literally just just muscle, and his actual like outfit is just polished chrome. Just polished chrome, you know, for his mask. And he he talks like a death metal vocalist. I mean, he, Lord Zed was fantastic. He was created just for the American show as well. But when they, uh, I remember watching that multi part episode called White Light where they were bringing. They were trying to bring Tommy in as the reveal, but I didn't actually know who the White Ranger was going to be. And I was watching it on network TV, right? So I have no control. I can't pause the show. You know, I can't fast forward through commercials. I just have to sit there and watch whatever ends up happening. And they would run these shows like once a day, but I was never in control. As a child, you're not really in control of your own life, like as far as 
when you're allowed to sit down and watch something and when you're not, you know, and my parents didn't really like Power Rangers anyway. So I remember I saw the first part of that episode and it's all leading up to them revealing who the white ranger is. He like comes down from the ceiling and uh, turns his uh, or, and takes his helmet off. He's starting to take his helmet off like really slowly. And then all of a sudden it just freezes. Right. And it's like to be continued. And uh, I remember sitting down to watch that second part of the episode. And my mom was like, we're going to aunt so-and-so's house. You need to turn that off. And I like kind of freaked out because I was like, I need to know what happens. I need to know what happens. And then, of course, when you act extreme like that, your parents' only reaction is, you know, oh, see, I told you. I told you that this thing was controlling you and this thing was bad and it was planting bad seeds in your mind or whatever. And so I didn't get to watch Power Rangers for a long time after that. And uh, thankfully, whenever I did finally catch some shows, I was like, oh, here's the White Ranger and it's Tommy. And he came back in that role better than ever. White Ranger Tiger Power. White Ranger Tiger Power. White Ranger Tiger Power. Better than he was before. Like, they immediately, like, did what they should have done in the beginning, and they made him de facto the leader of the Power Rangers team. And um, probably because of stock footage reasons, they couldn't like keep putting him in there um, because the Power Ranger they used for the White Ranger, you know, was from a different Sentai series than the actual Power Rangers one. And for some reason, in seasons one, two, and three of Power Rangers, they they kept the old Power Rangers costumes, even though the Rangers had different Zords from different Sentais. I mean, it was really a a masterwork in mashing up different forms of media. And all of that is to say, I know I've been rambling. I just, I wanted to talk about Power Rangers because I haven't in a long time. And the, the news of Jason David Frank's death just like really affected me in a way that I wasn't anticipating. And, um, but yeah, Tommy continued to be a huge part of that show forever. Uh, I watched, I watched Power Rangers all the way up from season two and then I watched season three where he was the White Ranger mostly and they had gotten like ninja powers. That was the time when the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie had actually come out. And it was like just a huge deal. I mean, it was Power Rangers phenomenon. It was probably the biggest kid show ever at the time. And um, eventually they turned into Power Rangers Zeo and Tommy became the Red Ranger and was still the leader of the Power Rangers. And then they did Power Rangers Turbo after that, which came another you know feature length film. And uh, he played in Power Rangers Turbo. And then I, I kind of dropped off the show once it had transitioned into Power Rangers in space because midway through Turbo, they changed all the Power Rangers actors. I guess the other actors were getting too old or they just wanted to go do something different. And what was interesting, though, is that the show never forgot. They never forgot the impact that that character had as Tommy was the ideal Power Ranger. He was the ideal hero of the story. And so they would bring him out. I know like a few years later after Disney had bought Power Rangers, they did a season called like Operation Dino Thunder, I think it was. And they bring Tommy back as a character. And at first he's just like the mentor character for the for the teenagers. 
but it's Tommy, right? So like within a few episodes, he's a Power Ranger again, and he has all the powers and and all of that stuff. And so it was really cool, kind of seeing him older and you know, older, more mature, but still having that like diehard attitude, that attitude of just like no matter how bad the odds are, no matter how much the chips are down, he had enough self confidence to still try to do something about it. And I think that was the really important life lesson that I learned from watching Power Rangers as a kid was that based on some of the other stuff you guys have heard me talk about on this podcast, the chips are not always in my favor. Things don't always go well. And I'm almost conceited enough to say that sometimes it seems like stuff just doesn't work out for me in particular. But I think that's more of just a in comparison to other people. But I mean, I, I got really nostalgic for Power Rangers a few years ago and I started watching the show. I started getting the DVDs uh, of the, of the old episodes. And whenever I had kids, my kids started watching the episodes too. And they loved Tommy as well. You know, they, they loved his character. They loved his drive. He just seemed really into it in a way that other characters didn't really seem into it. You know, like there's guys that are, because I mean, these actors were all unknown before they before they were in Power Rangers and so you can kind of see that right it's like when I talk about music on the podcast I talk about debut albums as sounding like debut albums uh and, and all of that but in, in the case of acting it's almost more noticeable you can tell and um but what I think was interesting about Jason David Frank's Tommy character was that all of the all of the interviews I've watched with him and all of the press that he's done and his appearances at comic cons, he always still very much embodied that character. He was Tommy Oliver in, in real life. You know, he really embodied that and he lived it out. And I felt that that positive presence was really unusual, you know, because a lot of people that have been in, shows that were famous, like famous kid shows or whatever, tend to shy away from that. And he seemed to kind of be the exception to that rule where he was like, no, I think it's awesome that people were into Power Rangers. I think it's awesome that I had fans. And uh, I think it's awesome that I can still interact with those fans. And the guy would just go out of his way to make people's day whenever they would come to see him at Comic Cons and things like that. And I know he was always sort of pushing to do other things as well. He had a, a movie in production uh, that he was in, and everything seemed really, really, really good. It's funny. I was just talking with Buddy the other day. I was like, yeah, this guy, you know, most likely to actually be somebody that would try to save the world uh, if given the opportunity. I think that I think that's what's really hard, though, is that it does feel sometimes like no matter how much you do, no matter how much you try things always kind of tend to go bad, you know, and it can be really, really, really tough sometimes to, to quantify that when, when a, when a positive, when a positive role model, somebody that you've looked up to your entire life sort of passes away under mysterious circumstances, it, it could just be a lot to, to try to digest. And to be honest with you, I'm still not over it. And I, I haven't really wrapped my head around it. And it seems silly to be like this upset about it, but I mean, with the childhood that I had and with just kind of feeling like I had a lack of role models because a lot of role models in my childhood 
were role models in the sense that they were authority figures that were telling me that the things that I was doing was wrong, you know, or that they needed that, that I needed to do better or that I needed to do this. Tommy was one of the very first characters that I attached myself to that encouraged me to be better for the sake of being better, not for the sake of good behavior or, or for the sake of like pleasing anybody else, but really more of get better for yourself because only when you're better for yourself can you be better for those that are around you. And I guess that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not, I'm not trying to wrap this up in like some kind of like deep philosophical bow or anything like that. I just, I wanted to share my feelings on Power Rangers and what it meant to me. You know what? I do have about five minutes left though. So let's talk about the music. Uh, let's talk about the soundtrack. So the soundtrack for Power Rangers was very, very nineties. I remember listening to it thinking that I was like, it, it sounds like if you took a band like Alice in Chains, like a grungier type of band and, you know, like vocally, because a lot of the vocals for these Power Rangers songs are like more harmonized and uh, they have a little bit of that like Alice in Chains feel to them. But then musically, it seems to be rooted more in like 80s metal, <laughs> you know, you have like really, really big guitar leads. You've got pounding drums in places and a pace and intensity on each song that keeps you really engaged and i know a lot of these songs were really only like you know one you know one minute of music or or something along those lines like it really wasn't much i mean if you you could listen to the entire white ranger song you know in in, in a minute or less and uh but it gets the point across because i guess that's what tv jingles needed to do but what's interesting about this album is that i still remember those songs i used to have a a cassette tape and it was like called a, a rock and roll adventure and it was Power Rangers themed. And um, what I thought was really cool about it is how they cut clips of the show into the actual soundtrack instead of it just being a straight like 10 song soundtrack. They, an entire adventure of the show, it, it actually covers the whole like Lord Zed saga between season one and season two. We cannot hold off any longer. I must send the other rangers to help him. And I always thought that was really cool as a kid because sometimes I couldn't get away with watching Power Rangers, but I was able to listen to this cassette tape and sort of still get the full effect of the show. And I've always been obsessed with doing that, like mixing various forms of media together. And uh, this this rock and roll adventure cassette tape was very much like that. But uh, that's that's relatively hard to find. I think you can still find it floating around in like MP3 form in various places on the internet. But for now, it's uh, it's pretty obscure. But the good thing is, is you can listen to the Power Rangers soundtrack on Spotify. If you type in Power Rangers, Ron Wasserman will come up as the as the artist, and you can listen to all of those songs. But I think th they're either completely remastered or they're re-recorded. If they're re-recorded, they sound almost exactly like the originals. Uh, but it's entirely possible that maybe I just have like lower quality versions. Cause like I said, mine are ripped from ripped to MP3 from cassette. So 
I'm sure a little bit of quality is lost there. But it is still really enjoyable to pop that soundtrack on if you're into like me like traditional metal, but with like you know all clean you know clean singing and a hard rock sort of catchy pop song sensibility. But man, e even all these years later, these songs still get me pumped up. I still really enjoy them, and um, I think that you guys will enjoy them too. They're clips that I've probably interspersed throughout this entire episode. I guess all I'm trying to say with this, like I said, guys, very impromptu episode, and um, hopefully, hopefully it does well. But like I said, I, it just—it's it, one of those things where I just—I really felt it in my heart, and the entire point of this podcast is to, you know, tell you guys how I'm feeling about stuff and 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 what it's like. Uh, to, to live in DFT's dungeon every day, and Power Rangers is definitely part of that dungeon. I have action figures for Power Rangers, you know. Uh, it's definitely a little bit less pathetic now that I have kids, because I'd be like, oh, I'm just introducing my kids to things that I was into whenever I was a kid. But, uh, yeah, I, all I have to say is R.I.P. Jason David Frank. He was absolutely a legend. It sucks. It just sucks that it had to end like that. The guy was was literally. I mean, I even I even watched like I, I paid attention to his social media posts, watched his live streams when he go live on social media and everything. He really was the was the real deal, and um, it certainly is depressing. But I think that uh, it doesn't tarnish the memory that I have of that actor and that character, and um, I'm gonna still enjoy going back and watching some Power Rangers now and again. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of DFT's Dungeon. Kind of an impromptu episode, but if you guys haven't ever watched Power Rangers, you should watch Power Rangers sometime. It's a it's a good time, if only for nostalgic value. I think almost everybody has seen a couple of minutes of this show, and uh, it's unfortunate that it, a, a tragedy like this, you know, is what prompted me to do the episode, but that's the th way things are with childhood memories, man. They just don't always pop up the way you want them to pop up. But um, but thank you, thank you guys so much for this episode. Next one's going to be about music. It's going to be the season finale of DFT's Dungeon. There will be no early access for anybody for that episode, and um, that's the way I'm going to keep it. I mean, I'll tell you guys this: it's going to be a Zayo album, and it's going to be a pretty exciting episode. So stay tuned for that. If you guys like the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it, leave a review wherever appropriate. And uh, you can always send me an email at dftdungeon at gmail.com. Or you can come hang out with me on Discord. Uh, we're on the Discord server all the time, sharing memes, talking about music, talking about video games, talking about movies, and other nerdy topics. So I hope to see you guys there. If I don't, that's okay, too. I will see you guys next week. Go Green Ranger! Sort of